Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome back to Rebounding Faith. This is part two of our two-part series. Last week, we covered our similarities to sheep, and I might have to say that we had a lot of fun doing that. And <laughs> for now, better or for, worse. for better or for worse, that's right. And now that we have a clearer picture who we are as sheeple, we are turning our attention now to who Jesus is and or our good shepherd is. And so we see in scripture, we see this referenced a lot. Uh, for me personally, until I did a deep dive into these characteristics, you guys, of sheep and the relationship, almost like a dependence, right, mm-hmm. on a shepherd, did I really have a better and deeper understanding? So my goal today and our goal today is to really show in a very real way and relevant way who we are as people and how the shepherd takes care of us and how we benefit each individually and how that pertains to us. So to make it really relevant to our day-to-day walk, to understand that, not just read it in scripture, not just see the words, but to really understand and open our eyes on that. And I think it'd be really cool um, to, to look into this deeper. So in so many ways, our quality of life is dependent on the shepherd that we follow and the one who cares for us. So last week, if you didn't hear last week's episode, we encourage you guys to tune into that. That's where we look at us as sheep and kind of a humorous look there as how people compare to sheep and why we are related as such. Um, But so we saw what happens to a sheep without a shepherd. Um, You can also go onto our website and see Barack. We want to mention that again, pictures about Barack and his story. He's the Australian sheep that was found after years of wandering on his own. Um, Now he's back and under the great care at Edgar's Mission Animal Sanctuary in Australia. So moving into this, though, before we dive into Shepherd, I just want to ask Gina and Kristen, do you guys have any takeaways from last week or anything that really stood out to you when you think about sheep and their tendencies? Yeah, I think there was a lot of similarities between us and sheep, <laughs> yeah. which um, I, I didn't really think about prior to that episode. But what really stood out to me was just kind of like the aimlessly wandering yeah, and getting lost and um, feeling like you maybe kind of have a plan and you know what you're doing and then you pick your head up and you're you're really in the middle Five of nowhere miles from where yeah. you started grazing exactly yes. yeah that really stood out to me and then the second thing that stood out to me was really the whole concept around followership mm-hmm. and groupthink we talked a lot about how sheep really stick together yeah. almost at their own detriment mm-hmm. at times and how if you don't have a good shepherd or you get lost somehow, how challenging that can be. So I really just kind of made the connection with wandering where I might conform in my life around groupthink and and really following people. Mm -hmm. And then also I I kind of left last episode really wanting to make that connection of like the need for a good shepherd. Right. So I'm excited about the episode today to dive into that more. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Uh, For me, I was really struck with the settling part, how sheep will stop 
Yeah. And just kind of take in dirty water rather than go maybe 20 more feet for that clean water and how they'll just settle in the moment. You were struck by that too, Gina? Yeah, the the water did strike me, but it also, the thought about sheep will stay in one place and eat the grass until there is none left. And mm-hmm. it's just a big dirt patch and they don't stop right. there. Ugh. They just keep on eating the dirt. Yeah. Instead of moving over just a little right. bit to more green grass, they'll just stay in that. And oh, I just relate to that in so many ways of just staying, eating stuff dirty water and dirty dirty water dirty patches you're eating dirt when there's good food to be found and if I would just lift my head up and look a minute instead of staying yeah where I don't need to be that's right Mm. amen so moving into uh shepherds I know you had some thoughts Kristen about shepherds and just talking about them in general yeah we broke down last week just some interesting facts about Mm -hmm. sheep. So I thought it might be good to do the same thing about shepherds. Yeah. So here's just some fun facts I would say about shepherds in general. Shepherding is amongst the oldest occupations beginning some 5,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's been around for a while. It has. Seen lots of ups and downs, recessions, thriving, booming (laughs) economies, etc. There are about 1,500 shepherds in America today. So people that identify as a shepherd. Wow. Unlike farmers who owned the land, shepherds were often wage earners. They were paid to watch other people's sheep. Shepherds often lived on their own. Some were nomads. Mm -hmm. And they were most often the younger sons of simple farmers who did not inherit any land. So I actually, I wanted to jump in here because I read something about this that I thought was so interesting that it literally goes from the firstborn son will start the farming duties when he gets old enough. And then the second born son will step in and help and inherit some of that. And it keeps going until by the time they get to the last son, the youngest son, there's nothing left. I was going to no- say, they don't have a job for yeah, them. They, they basically don't have. So what do they get to do? They get to take care of the sheep. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what started the whole, like, when you're 18, get out of the house type thing. You know, it's like we actually don't have a job for you here. So you when you're 18, take have care to of the go. Sheep. Yeah. yeah. Off yep. you go. Yep. Go be yeah. a nomad. Yep. But then look at David. Right. Right. I mean, you think he was the shepherd. He was the youngest mm-hmm. of all the boys stuck there taking care of the sheep and doing what he was expected to do. Yep. But that wasn't what God had planned no. for him. No. Yeah. As you can imagine, it's a very humble profession. Yeah. Right. I mean, the main tasks are to keep their flock in, their flock intact, mm-hmm. protect them from predators and guide them to market areas in time for shearing. Yeah. Really, if you yeah. think about it. And how sheep do, and and this makes a lot of sense if you listened to last week, how sheep do is directly related to the quality of care of the shepherd. And I think about this a lot. We talked about leadership, but you all know what it's like to have a good manager, a Mm -hmm. good leader, and you know what it's like to have a bad one. And when sheep are so dependent on their shepherd, literally for their well-being. For their life. You can imagine... Like, it's not a highly sought-after job, given everything I just said, but it's such an impactful one, mm-hmm. and um, you can make a really big impact on mm-hmm. a flock sheep. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that reminds me of this story I wanted to share with you guys, and I'll, I'll read it. It's a famous actor was a guest of honor at a large gathering where he received many requests to recite favorite excerpts from various literary works. 
An elderly pastor who was in the audience asked the actor to recite the 23rd Psalm. The actor agreed, but only on the condition that the pastor would also recite it. The actor went first, and his recitation was everything that you might expect. It was beautifully intoned, with great dramatic emphasis added to the words. When it was done, he received a thunderous round of applause. The elderly pastor went next. Age had taken a toll on his voice, and his diction was anything but polished. But when he finished, there was not a dry eye in the room. When someone asked the actor what made the difference, he replied, I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Mm-hmm. That just I gave me goosebumps. Yeah, me too. That, that does make all the difference, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You can read the words, but unless you've experienced it. Yeah, they're just words otherwise. They're just words. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So who who is this good shepherd and how does he care for us? So I'm going to read to you John 10, 11 through 16, where he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not the sheep of this pen. I must bring them along also. They too listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Mm. I love that. I do too. That's really good. So much in in that verse for sure it's interesting to me that god refers to himself as a shepherd mm-hmm. right just giving like it, it just shows so much about his character and just who he is and the humility yeah. that he has just knowing that it's not a reputable profession if Respected. anything it's like really yeah. looked down upon right yeah but he also totally. says twice i am the good shepherd mm-hmm. not just a shepherd right not just the hired hand right i am the good shepherd the good and shepherd. i will lay my life down for the sheep that brings up a good point because i feel like today the word good just kind of means okay mm-hmm. right like we we well, think about it's like about the opposite it. of bad it's yeah it's like, like better mm-hmm. a little bit better than mediocre but it's not great right mm-hmm. like god didn't say i was the great shepherd or i was the best shepherd yeah it was i was a good shepherd but i think what's interesting is that in the original greek translation the word good actually refers to providing superior benefit um and and really being better and above all else and so going tying it back to God's humility, you know, I, I think what he's trying to really say is that this is a very worthy profession if you are doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, though, we have to point out, he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm not a good shepherd. Oh, that's a good point. I yeah. am the. And he says it twice. Mm-hmm. I am the. Mm-hmm. He is the way. And it is the good shepherd. It's also, Mm -hmm. when I read that, it's not, I don't view that as like a comparison against other shepherds. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm better than you. I rank here and you're down here because I'm, I'm better at this. It's more about through the eyes of the sheep and the way that they benefit 
right, as a result of his care and attention Mm -hmm. of them. And so it's really about they're receiving good care as a result of that or um, going on to say like supreme care, right, superior Mm -hmm. care, better than anyone else's care. And it's really the benefit of the flock. They They get to collect that and experience yeah. that. He is called the great shepherd in mm-hmm. Hebrews 13:20 and the chief shepherd in 1 Peter 5:4. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it's interesting that mm-hmm. just the words that are used to mm-hmm. describe him in that role. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you know, we can see that the good shepherd provides what is needed for the needs that we've already established, right? For sheep yeah. and that he provides provision and protection and direction and care. And we see that sheep are not independent. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at other animals that are more independent. I mean, sheep don't even shed on their own anymore. They have yeah. to be sheared once a year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so dependent. And so the shepherd then steps into that space. And in many, for many reasons, they are still alive because of his care. So I just love that. Yeah. And when you talk about I mean, really three things you called out there, Mm -hmm. right? And that I think we should touch on. That's direction, provision, and protection. Mm -hmm. So direction seems pretty obvious to me, right? Like I think we all lean on God when we're feeling a little lost Mm -hmm. or feeling like we're on a path, right? We're the Mm -hmm. sheep that wandered, you know, five miles away as we were grazing. Yeah. Um, And I think that they will follow one sheep in the wrong direction, Right. And yeah. the shepherd is needed to to bring everyone back together and keep them on track. And I can really resonate with that in my yeah. life. Whenever I'm feeling like I'm off, um, I, I don't always go to God right away like I should, yeah. but I know that's the right thing to do. I know right. that ultimately there's he is the dirty my water puddle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I might stumble across some puddles, yeah. but yeah. And you know what I read too, you guys, is that sheep will meander and they don't walk on a straight line. And so they'll just, you know, kind of go in this meandering path. And the reason they do that is so that they can see the front and the back. So like when they turn, you know, that's the front and they can turn around and see where they just came from. That's the back. And so it's this wandering, meandering thing, as opposed to just going in a straight line Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, you can't really see the end, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's so interesting how they'll change their behavior to suit their needs. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly what we do. Yeah. Well, from a provisioning point of view, too, as we talked about last week, sheep can't provide for themselves long term. Mm -mm. Right. So they can't find their own food and water or else they'll die. Yeah. Now, we're not that dependent on God for food and water and, you know, shelter at this point. Yeah. But relatively speaking and metaphorically speaking, yes, we are. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I kind of think about when I, I think about myself I almost envision the three parts of myself um, as like I have my physical part, I have my spiritual part, and I have my mental part, right? Mm -hmm. And I've even heard it described as like spirit and soul are different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I think about that and I think there are times where my physical side is doing great, you know, and I'm following my diet and I'm doing outstanding and I feel good physically and I look good and all of that. But my mental and spiritual side are really deprived. And I almost like just envision 
the side of me that is just not doing well, mm-hmm. you know? And so, because so much of it is emphasized on the physical that I'm ignoring and neglecting the other two sides. So it's really about being in balance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, with sheep that they, they have all of these needs and absolutely are dependent upon the shepherd to provide for those needs physically, but also, you know, thinking about what their needs are as a community mm-hmm. and how they remember, we touched on last week, up to 50 faces, right? And they remember those who aren't nice to them. They actually yeah. remember those that are mean to them and their faces. So I think the shepherd knows all of these things about them and their characteristics, their physical needs, their, well, whatever spiritual needs that sheep might have or mental. But the point being is that he cares for that all in one package. Yeah. yeah. The whole well-being. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah. the whole shebang. Yeah. Well, and then the last one that we touched on was protection, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that some of that is self-explanatory. Like they literally need to be protected by the shepherd. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was interesting when we were reading about this that some shepherds would even sleep across the entrance of Mm -hmm. the sheep pen so that they would be awakened first if there was anything coming to harm the sheep. Yeah. And when you tie that back to, you know, what you just said about having the, you know, physical, spiritual, and mental, I've heard that same before. I've also heard a fourth one being tied in, which would be emotional health. Mm. Now, you could maybe tie that into spiritual. But I do think that if we think about our shepherd's role in that, I do think it's important to think about, like, how do we see him laying down? Like, what is he laying down in front of to protect us from Yeah, right now? So good. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting when you think about how the shepherd might care for us. He's got, you know, we have our physical needs, right? Our food, water, shelter, you know, those things which scripture clearly tells us that he knows our needs and he'll take care of those needs. But also, what about like our spiritual needs Mm -hmm. when we're crying out, we're not in peace, we're not at that place where we can settle into him. Like we've all had those moments and we touched a little bit about this when we in the surrender episode when we were talking about kicking against the goads and Mm -hmm. how we just won't give in to his will. We're fighting it. And at those times, there's no peace. I mean, we don't have spiritual peace. So You know, we have to understand that the shepherd will guide us to those moments of what we need. And I think about Psalm 23 when he references David, and this is a shepherd, right? And he's talking about, he'll make me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And why that's important is because sheep will eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, right, in a pasture, And we've touched on that. And they actually need to lie down to digest. And so to make them lie down in green pastures means, look, you need to stop. You need to lie down and you need to to rest and you need to digest. And I'm going to make you do that right now to make that happen. Um, That's like what I do after I eat a lot. I have to lay down. I do too. On top, like maybe <laughs> undo my top or button or put elastic. on my stretchy pants. Yeah. <laughs> I feel pants. them. Again, I really know. similar to sheep. I know. There's... I eat a lot, but I need to lay down. There's a Sometimes we get so busy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that we 
God has to force us to lay down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We'll wear ourselves completely out. Yeah. And he makes us lay down. Right. He makes us get rest. Or think about it He tells us to do it, but when we don't do it on our own, sometimes our own bodies will start to give out, and then we're forced to lay down and rest. Absolutely. And think about it, too. Like, we touched on how they'll keep eating, and they'll Mm -hmm. just graze, you know, and get distracted and wander off. So it's also about, like, you know what? Lay down. Like enough, you know, I kind of know you're going this way. You're going to lay down. You're going to rest. The other thing is, you know, lead me beside still waters. Why is that important? Because sheep won't drink from any type of moving or flowing water because they're afraid they'll fall in. And Mm -hmm. if they haven't been sheared recently, it'll actually weigh them down. They'll drown. So they know enough and they're very fearful that they won't drink from that. So quiet waters, that's important. And it's peaceful, right? And it's peaceful. So just right. drink from the still water, right. lay in the green grass and rest. But you know what that even further tells me is that he is aware and paying attention to our needs yes. almost before we even know them, right? Like he's oh, yeah. leading us beside quiet waters before we're even thirsty. Yeah. Like if you think about that and yet we probably would fight him on that, but I want to go this way, mm-hmm. but I'm not thirsty yet, but yeah. I want to go over here. You Got know, more to do, can't lay down yeah. yet. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. lay down. There's more green grass around. You know, it's just like yeah. we're simplifying it, but we're we're pointing out, I think, that the necessity of having a shepherd and why why we need one. Mm-hmm. And and I just love that picture. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a picture in my mind of what that looks like of mm-hmm. that green pasture and that water, you know, that still water there yeah. and why that's important. I just wondered if that resonated with you guys. Yeah, I think that he always knows what's best for us. And mm-hmm. we think we know. We mm-hmm. think we know what's best for us, right. you know. And and it just goes to show that the one who is shepherding us, the good shepherd that will lay his life down for us, that makes sure we're going to get rest, that leads us to the, you know, mm-hmm. the water that is clean and still. He's always trying to provide what's in our highest good. Yeah. We're the ones that wander away from it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because of our tendency to wander, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know what else is interesting to me is, you know, like the rod and the staff, mm-hmm. you know, how it says that they comfort me. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when you look at how they use that because if a sheep starts to wander off, they will use that hook or in biblical mm-hmm. times at least, pull they'll kind of grab it and pull it back. And yeah. why is that important? Well, not only because he wants to get that one sheep back with the flock, but also because they're followers. So then if one takes off and starts going off, then all these others are going to start to go. And so it's like, nope, I got to keep them back over on this side. Mm -hmm. So I just, gosh, there were so many similarities that I saw there that I just wanted to point out. When you get your thoughts on that. And I love, you know, speaking of the wandering sheep, but the parable of the lost sheep, right? Mm -hmm. In Matthew 18, 10 through 14, that he will rejoice over finding the one. He'll leave the 99 the flock of 99, and let's hope that they don't go anywhere. Those 99 are going to stay put. But to go search and find the one. But he's Mm -hmm. even willing to leave them. Leave them knowing that they have a tendency to do, but that one is so important to him. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to show that every single one of us matters and matters enough to him. Those prodigals, our kids that are out there, when we've been out there and We've wandered away that our good shepherd will leave the others and not just forget about us. It's just that one that's wandered away. Well, I've got all the others over here. 
that we matter enough as individuals that he will leave them to come and search after us and bring us back and so into let's, the fold. I love that because let's explore that a little bit as we think about, you know, what wandering looks like today, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, okay, we can get a sheep. Sheep will wander off. We can picture that, right? But we as God's children, right, mm-hmm. what does that look like to wandering, to wander away from God, either intentionally or unintentionally. And we've looked at both of those, Mm -hmm. but to wander away. And I can speak from my own personal experience. For me, what happens is I'm the grazer. I'm the one that's looking down and I'm eating grass, right? And I'm focused on work and I'm focused on what I've got to do today and, you know, stop at the store and get this done. I've got to get this and and I'm just grazing and I'm munching and I'm stepping away and I'm munching and I step and I munch and I step. And before you know it, I am way off. I'm not doing my um, devotions with God. I'm not reaching out to God. And that spiritual side of me that we referenced, it's pretty depleted. It gets really dehydrated And before you know it, I am short with people. I am not finding a lot of hope in situations or this world. And when I finally look up from my graze fest and I pick Mm -hmm. up my head and I look around, I am miles from where I should be. Yeah. And when they say, you know, when you feel distant from God, look who moved. Right. Who wandered Mm -hmm. off. Yeah. Who grazed away. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think the same thing, Catherine. It's our tendency. Mm-hmm. It is our tendency, yeah. and yet he's saying that you know sheep aren't independent mm-hmm. uh, per se. They can't make it on their own. Neither can we. Exactly. I can't. Right. I guarantee every time I've grazed away and I find myself in a situation that I never needed to be in, that I shouldn't have been in, I got myself there because mm-hmm. I took my eyes off the good shepherd. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think about that saying, I think it's C.S. Lewis that says, uh, God whispers to us in our pleasure and shouts to us in our pain. Mm-hmm. And it is something where God, I believe, allows certain things to intersect into our lives to get our attention, mm-hmm. to bring us back, back yeah. in line with us. And it's not to hurt us, right? right. But it's just allowing us to like, oh, yeah, I do need time with God. Well, and sometimes those things show up in the form of a burden, right? Mm. Because I think if we're being really honest with ourselves, and we've alluded to this on prior episodes, that a lot of times when things are going really well in our lives, we're we're more susceptible to may, maybe taking some of the credit mm-hmm. for ourselves. Totally, yeah. And when things aren't going well, we tend to draw closer <laughs> to God <laughs> get out of desperation. Or God, how yeah. could you let this happen? Yeah, yeah, but I think sometimes these burdens show up to your point and yeah. they're very intentional, which I, I want to come back to the sheep for mm-hmm. a second mm-hmm. because – I think there's an interesting correlation here between the burdens that we carry and shearing with sheep. So it's interesting because um, the shearing process for sheep, I mean, if you're, if you're really good at it, it can take two to three minutes to shear a sheep. It would take, probably take me like five days. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But a professional sheep shearer can actually do it in like 200 a day or something like that, which is crazy. It is crazy. But it's really an exhausting process Mm -hmm. for the sheep. And I just keep thinking about poor little like Barack who's like hadn't had a good solid shear or spa day in like six or seven years. Yeah. Right. But it's really necessary 
for their life. Mm -hmm. Like think about what you just said about why they drink from still water, because Mm -hmm. if it's flowing, they may fall in and they're scared. And if, and if they haven't been shared, then that's going to be weight on them. Absolutely. Right. So the, the concept of shearing it to me really is getting rid of Mm -hmm. that heavy burden Mm -hmm. that we sometimes choose to carry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I didn't know if you guys like drew that same correlation mm-hmm. when you were thinking about it, but that's really been, no pun intended, weighing on me <laughs> as we looked at this concept of burdens that we carry right? and how important it is to, to be sheared and like not have that weight on you anymore. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you look at something, we talked about this previously, but like normalizing, right? We were talking about that. I think there's ways that we can normalize our burdens. We can look at that and we can say, you know what? Like, it just is what it is. And I hate that saying, but you know, we, we say it all the time now. It just Mm -hmm. is what it is. And I just have to adjust. So what does that mean? I just have to get stronger. But here's the thing, guys. Sheep are not pack animals. Like they are not like a yak or a camel, right? They were never meant to carry burdens. And if you were to attempt to try that and put anything on them, they would actually collapse under the weight. So again, drawing that correlation between sheep and us, right? People, we're not meant to carry these burdens as much as we try. And that's why he tells us to lay down our burdens at his feet and take his yoke for its light. And this looking at this picture of Barak when he's so weighted down and dirty and filthy and carrying all of this along with him that just slowed him down and weighed him down and and when I talked about, you know, in the shame episode about me carrying, wearing this heavy cloak of shame and and guilt and how it weighed me down, but I didn't know how to walk without it. And mm-hmm. then when God takes that burden off of us, when those sheep are sheared, when Barak was released from that heavy, you know, burden that he was carrying all of that extra weight. And then look at him just free and leaping, I you know, know, just able I to know. move so freely. And that's what God does to us when yeah. when he takes our burdens that we're carrying that we don't need to carry. Yeah. You know, if we'll just let him clean us up, sheer us of uh, our absolutely. burdens. Absolutely. And you know what else, you guys? Like within a sheep's fleece, they actually produce this substance called the lanolin which is an oil in mm-hmm. their fleece. And what that does is it causes them to pick up everything. It's like a walking Velcro strip. Mm-hmm. So when they walk wherever they're walking against a bush or against whatever they lay down in the grass, like it picks up everything from... So it just sticks to them. Yeah, it's exactly. It sticks to them. So yeah. it could be, you know, leaves or bugs or sticks or whatever mm-hmm. it is that they pick up, that they're now carrying with them. Mm-hmm. And it, I think of the analogy of our fleece, right? Our spiritual fleece mm-hmm. and how we're carrying these things through our life and yeah. how we pick up certain things of this world and we carry that with us. And so I think our shepherd will shear us and take away those things that we deem yeah. either you know, quote unquote important, but not really, mm-hmm. right? But things of this world that we well, attribute this world will to. stick to us, yeah, right, right. The yeah. mm-hmm. the ugliness, you know, mm-hmm. the all of the things that are going on that we're walking through this world, we're not supposed to be of it, but we live in it, and some of that stuff does stick to us. Oh yeah, 
and it influences us yeah. and it can change our behavior. It can mm-hmm. change our values. And I think the good shepherd being good, being supreme, like cares about our best yes. and knows that that is not intended for our mm-hmm. best. So just kind of interesting because you had mentioned about sharing Kristen and how like some of them will fight this, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that they have certain um, stalls and, and tools to keep them still. But interestingly enough, it's usually the rams and the male sheep that will fight and buck against this. Right. But I think for us, it gives the picture of fighting the shearing. And it's something that even though it's in their best interest and in their, their well, for their well-being, they're going to fight against mm-hmm. that. And if you think about our shearing process, right, God's saying, no, I'm going to take that away from you right now. You know what? That doesn't feel good to lose something when he takes something that we deem important or that we yeah. value, yet he takes that away. It's a burden that he deems like, I don't want you to have that burden anymore. I'm going to lighten your load for you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take that away. And mm-hmm. we're going to fight against that because we're experiencing that loss, right, yeah. in quotes, and we're feeling that loss. And so I think that there is something to that and that spiritually, if we were very mature, we'd look at that and say, okay, I understand, Lord, you need to take that. I surrender it wholly and completely. Mm-hmm. I'm at absolute peace. God is good all the time and all the time God is good, right? Like we just surrender it. But the reality is emotionally, that hurts. That's that hard hurts. to do. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really challenging. When we were talking, we were sharing just like a couple stories of where we feel like we've really had to like hand off that burden. Mm-hmm. And um, I know, Catherine, you had like a really personal example Mm -hmm. that I thought would be good to share just regarding Ryan's health challenges just when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah. So my son, um, who's a grown adult now, but when he was a baby. He'll always be your baby. I know. He is. He's he's my baby. But um, Ryan, don't listen to this if you're listening to this. (laughs) Mom, you're embarrassing me. Turn it out. I know. I'm embarrassing him. (laughs) But the reality is when he was young, very little, he had a lot of health challenges. And it actually started in my pregnancy with him. I got a very rare form of food poisoning that was Shigella, which uh, my doctor who told me, a very a specialist, said he's only had three cases in his entire wow. career across his desk. What and is it, that? It is a very potent form of salmonella. So Mm. it's not seen in this country very often. It's usually... So they were asking me if I traveled out of the country to an exotic location. And I said, no, just Orange County. I kind of wish, but no. Yeah, no. (laughs) Didn't even get that. Didn't even get a trip out of it. Um, Yeah, so it was very rare. And so I was hospitalized for five days. It was Mm. very scary. And I was... Do you know how you got it? I do. I... uh, they, the health department, actually, I worked with them, and they traced it back to restaurants that I went to, and it was wow. actually a restaurant. Wow. I caught it at a restaurant. And for years, I couldn't. It was very difficult to eat out at a restaurant. Like in general at oh, restaurants. Yeah. Like just not, just knowing this food, I don't know how old it is. Because Shigella, yeah. you could have the most microscopic amount. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. It's that potent. And so... Um, it escalated to where I became severely dehydrated. I was hospitalized. And out of that, when Ryan was born about four months later, he had a whole host of health problems as a result of this. And, um, I've shared so furious. Yeah. It's really, it's really a lot nicer than me. I think I would have 
It was very Lost difficult. It. And the health department did state that they couldn't take any action because they needed to have at least three complaints. What? Um, to, yeah, so they couldn't do anything. But, if only um, contact tracing mm-hmm. was a thing I know. back exactly. then, you probably I know. could have found those other people. It was, it, you know, it's crazy, you guys. I think it was in a Reuben sandwich. I really do. Because I spent a lot of time figuring out what did I eat and where did it happen and it's crazy how much of your life can be like come down to like one decision that you don't know. Um, Ryan was born with all kinds of problems. He was back in the hospital three or four days after he was born for newborn infection, jaundice. Uh, he had a depressed nervous system. He had all kinds of allergies, severe allergies. He had um, IgA deficiency, which is... Uh, an immune suppressant. Uh, So, I mean, the kid was a walking, just everything that was out there, he was getting sick, you know, constantly. Mm. I I mean, I had the pediatrician's cell number. I mean, it was crazy. Um, And so he was sick all the time. And I just remember sitting, almost having a breakdown in the allergist's office when he was delivering the news of Ryan is severely allergic to like all of these things eggs, strawberries, grass, dogs. I mean, it just goes on and on. But he's mo- he's very severe, like severely allergic to peanuts. And so if he has peanuts, here's the EpiPen. This is how you'll administer it. And I remember just sitting there thinking, how am I going to feed this kid? Like, I, I don't even know. So overwhelming, like, I'd he, he, I said, okay, so he can't have eggs. And he goes, hey, well, he can't have anything with eggs in it. And I was like, well, how do I, I, I just remember I, I stumbled over my words and I looked at him and I said, how am I going to do this? And he simply said, well, you're going to learn to read labels. That's what you're going to do. At that time, I just felt so overwhelmed and I needed support and I needed God's strength. I needed him to give me that ability to carry this. I had to be strong for my child. I had to feed him. I, you know, and my husband, you know, was not home. I stayed home with the kids. I had, it was on me to do this. And so with that, I felt God very much guide me, support me and surround me with resources that I needed in that time. And I absolutely attribute him to carrying that burden. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. It was crazy. And what is it like for him today relative to allergies? So Ryan's personality is one very much bounce back Mm -hmm. and, you know, just is a real cool kid. And he is great. And I think he actually grew through that. And he is not a victim in any way. Ryan actually, through the grace of God, was healed from all of his allergies. And he uh, outgrew the IgA deficiency. So that was a non-thing. And today, he's absolutely fine, and he just chooses not to eat peanut butter because <laughs> he hates it. Yeah. So that's it. After all that, he's like, I don't even like yeah. these anyway. After all that, doesn't even like wow. peanuts. Wow. What an amazing it's story. It's an amazing story, but God worked through all of it, and he showed me his ability to yeah. carry burdens, to sustain me through that time, to heal. And yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. I mean, you hear a story like that, and it's like the need for a shepherd is so obvious, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like those burdens. And I, I just even think about, I've shared with you guys just like some of the stuff that people really close to me are dealing with right now. Yeah. And it's just yeah. really, really heavy. And so, again, I think logically you hear a story and you're like, gosh, thank God 
he was there to take that burden off of you. Yeah. But it's, you know, on the flip side, like the benefits of having a great shepherd Mm -hmm. come back at you times 20. Oh, yeah. Right. Like the quality of our joy um, in our lives that we have can be directly linked to him. And those moments that you had with Ryan every doctor's appointment following that or every piece of good news that you got coming out of that, um, I think that God just shows us a better way to live when we follow him and it's glorifying. Well, what about the wandering? I know, Gina, you we had an interesting conversation before this and you had mentioned that, um, that you've, your part of your story is, you know, you've wandered off and then he's retrieved you and brought you back and I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you've done it a couple times in your life you've shared. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just so grateful for his rod and his staff and for him getting that hook and coming right. back after me and leaving the 99, like I said. I Leaving the 99 to find Gina. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That just shows his personal love for each one mm-hmm. of us and meeting us and carrying our burdens and taking us and loving us so much that he's not going to leave us out there. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I... I I work really hard at my life of listening to the whisper and not needing the shout or this right. or the rod and the staff or yeah. the hook to pull me back in. Yeah. I try to stay close to him knowing yeah. knowing that I've learned to trust him over all mm-hmm. this time and not wanting to get out there where I don't belong. The, the, the road back's never fun. It's right. a bunch of learned lessons. And yeah. so I'm trying to learn those and stay close to um, my shepherd, yeah. you know. Well, and you we think about that, like, so the shepherd comes to find you, yeah, right? And I envision, like, walking alongside the shepherd, kind of getting scolded a little bit at yeah. times. Like, yeah. what did you think you were doing? And where do you, you know, and I, it's yeah, like, you know the, like you're getting, like, leave. the talking to, yeah. like, why did you leave yeah. the, the finger? Why yeah. did you do yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, the 99 over there waiting because I had to come after you right. again. Right, yeah. right, you right. Again. Uh-huh. Yeah. You again. Yeah. And you know what else strikes me, you guys, is it's not even just he knows the need to go get to go get the sheep, but it is knowing where the sheep would be without him. Sure. Like, think about that. There's no food, no water, no direction, no, no guidance, yeah, no, guidance. Yeah. no protection, yeah. no care. No, it's like all of these things are directly linked to the shepherd. Yeah. And so I think when one wanders off, all of those things have to be occurring yeah. to the shepherd. And it's a race to get to that sheep to bring it back just for survival. Just for survival. Mm-hmm. Which resonates so much with us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think a couple of things, you guys, that I just want to share in closing, and I think really if you combine the two episodes, right, in its simplest form, mm-hmm. we're trying to draw correlations between sheep and us yep. as humans mm-hmm. for all the good and bad, right. all the wandering, yes. the coming back, <laughs> the, the helplessness. Out there. Yep. And mm-hmm. then obviously – the good shepherd and our Lord, mm-hmm. right? And we reference Psalms 23. And I think just to like cherry pick a couple of things from here that I just think are just so spot on to really bring everything together. And it's, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Mm. And then surely your goodness and love will follow me all of the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. I love that. And, you know, we we hope that you guys have found some hope and insight in this two-part episode series. 
Um, I know I've learned a lot, way more about sheep than I ever <laughs> thought that me I would too. learn. Yes. Um, but I, I really love, to me, and we, we, we've talked about this a lot, it actually helps me to understand the Bible oh, a yeah. lot more when we make these correlations and we yeah. tell these stories and we reference analogies that kind of just help bring everything together. Um, so that was our intent with these two episodes. We hope you guys enjoyed them. Um, as always, please share it with a friend or person who could benefit. One of the things that's been really cool to hear from people is a lot of just Bible studies using this podcast yeah. um, as just kind of like a, a, a starting point and elaborating. And I just thought that was so cool. So we always appreciate you guys sharing it. Um, check out reboundingfaith.com and you can find us on social media as well. And we hope you have a rebounding week. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.